Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Today, I don't have an SLP. I have Ashley Lutz, who is a special educator. So Ashley, welcome to the show and tell everyone a little bit more about you and how you became the teacher you are today. Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I am the face behind Spectacular Days. A lot of people know me by my Instagram handle versus just by my name. I have been teaching for, I think it's 10 or 11 years. I feel like after five, it just kind of all mushes. And I took some time off with having kids. So I think I've been in the class. I think this is my 10th year, technically. I taught self-contained for eight years, self-contained intellectual disabilities, a self-contained classroom. I supported students who had disabilities of OHI, other health impairment, ID, intellectually disabled, autism, and more. I did that for eight years. And then when I found out I was having twins, I took a break from teaching for a year to raise them because they were preemies. And then I jumped back into SPED, but I wanted something that was a little less required of me per se. I know that sounds like, but it was less planning on my side, but still in the special education role. So I'm now considered a cross-categorial teacher in my county, but basically I'm a resource teacher. I push into the general ed classroom. I support students who have IEPs or learning disabilities they're just not as severe disabilities as some of the kids I taught previously, but I still love those kids. But they just, it just is one of those things that I needed to do something for myself first and my family, but still getting to work with SPED is so wonderful. Do you miss being in the classroom? Yes, I do sometimes miss it being like 
my classroom, if that makes sense. It was definitely a big change to step back and be almost more of a supportive role. My first year was, it took me a little while to jump into that role and be more supportive, but I have learned how to collaborate and co-teach, not just with my SLPs, because that was a huge part in the self-contained room, collaborating with your SLP, but now it's collaborating with the gen ed teacher more so. So you have similar challenges to us where it's easier when you're working with nine out of the nine students in the classroom, like those self-contained students. I'm in there all the time just to pick up the students, which allows a lot of time for even just a quick, like how things going, need anything for me, need individuals, whatever. But you can see when the students are coming to you and you have less and less contact time with the teachers, what are some things that you've learned in your role that has helped you stay connected? I will say coming from that, I had a great SLP that I worked with in my self-contained setting. And I was nervous going into this because, you know, we are an IEP team. And that was huge coming from the self-contained room because you relied on your SLP, your OT, your PT. And I didn't know what that was going to look like in a new setting. And right off the bat, I talked to my SLP and I love her just as much as I loved my other one. And I think when she saw that I like took off like running, she's like, oh, I like this girl. Like I was, I looked at IEPs and I was like, I don't love this goal. I want to have a speech goal that I can work on, but you can also work on. So that when we come to the IEP table, I can also speak to it. Now, some things obviously I cannot because that is not my credentials, but certain things when we write goals together, I always go, hey, I have this student, we'll call him Bobby. These are my areas of deficits I see with Bobby. What do you see? And I usually make a note like a month ahead of time to send an email. And I, in my email system, I send the email and I like schedule like a week in advance, if that makes sense. So sending those times, I don't want to bombard y'all with two days before, hey, um, I know you have 12 IEPs this month, but I need the deficits and the, the strengths for Bobby today. Like, no, no, no. I'm a planner. So I like mark it all out. My SLP is also a planner. So we work very nicely together. But just building a relationship and talking to them and saying, what is your vision for the school? Like, what are your vision with the kids? What is your intention? And then these are mine. And how can we overlap together? Well, can you give an example of some of these goals that you overlap and work with together on? Yes. Okay. So my SLP, we have a student that um, really struggles with retelling. And in the general ed curriculum, we take the DRA, which is a reading assessment. And once they hit a level in the DRA, they have to start retelling. And that if they can't complete that component, they're unable to move up. So, and it's a lot of, it's fluency, it's retail, it's comprehension. But when I started noticing the student had this area of deficit, we just wrote this school last month. They went to her and I was like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. I think it's also a language piece. And how can you take the language piece and I can take the retail piece and we can work together. So she uses a program that has visuals that the student can use as they retell. Like when they read a story, they mark these visuals and then she brings the pieces down and the student uses those visuals to retell the story. And then I use those visuals when I'm reteaching in the classroom. So we're using it in both sides. And then we've also talked to the parents and said, when you're doing your 15 minutes of reading at night, ask these questions. These are the questions that we are asking in class and in our small speech sessions. So it's cohesively going throughout home, me, and the SLP time. And we, on the Jenna teacher also does it. When she pulls the student for a small group, she knows what questions to ask. So we've all literally worked as a team, seeing the deficit, making a goal to make it a strength. 
that's great that you got the classroom teacher involved as well. Did you have to get buy-in or are they willing to try something new? The co-teachers I work with are great. As long as I give them a visual type of thing, like I give them like, hey, here's a laminated card. These are five questions that would be great to particularly ask this student when you have them in small groups. They're like, okay, great. Like they'll do that. My school is very, very intentional about when they hire teachers to make them very aware that we are a co-teaching school. We are not like they say, yes, it is like room 14 is Mrs. Smith's classroom, but you will have a co-teacher for reading for definitely reading. Math is 50-50, depending on the population of students that you have. And they make that very well known to their gen ed teachers that if collaboration with other people in your room is not something you want, please don't come here. Like Not in a mean way, but... It's nice that that's the forefront when you are, you're hired, because if you don't want to collaborate with people, find out the best position for you. Did you find that there were challenges early on in your career or early on in this role that you had to overcome with collaborating with others? Yes, I definitely think that initially, because I, eight or nine years, I ran the ship, I planned it all, I divvied out everything. And then I had to kind of learn, and I was in one classroom initially when I first started, and then as students were found eligible with learning disabilities or they were found eligible to have IEPs, I was put in more classrooms. And then I was introduced to more teaching styles, more ways of doing things, which is great. I was learning, but I was also having to adapt to them. And that took me some time to figure out like, oh, Mrs. Smith organizes her stuff like this. And this is how she likes to do her things. Mrs. Jones likes it this way. And Mr. Jones like it. Like, you know, it was just something to learn because everybody's different. They're all teaching the same curriculum, but they're teaching it in their own way. Mm-hmm. And you've and you had to adapt the strategies for the students based on, like, you couldn't tell them that they're learning it wrong or anything like that. <laughs> I would have run it this way, you know? <laughs> yes. And... You could tell some teachers are more willing to let me just jump in and like literally teach the lesson. Other teachers want me more as a supportive role where they do the mini lesson and I can run my group how I want. Like we've divvied up, we've divided the class into levels basically. And they're like, okay. And they're really good about, I just don't work with my kids, quote unquote, my kids on my caseload. I work with the class. So they're all great about that. So if my small groups, we're learning about character traits right now. If I want to do whatever I want, they don't care. They're like, you're, as long as you're working on character traits and you're teaching the curriculum, like whatever the, the standard of learning is, we don't care how you teach it. So that's nice that they give me my freedom to that so I can do my own creative piece. Sometimes I take stuff from them. Sometimes they take stuff from me. So it is nice that is, but we've had to learn that. I've been with the same teachers. This is my third year with two of them. So it's kind of nice. I was in, I've been third grade the whole time I've been there working with the same teachers. I did fourth grade one year and fifth grade. And as I've been part of the school, I've made obviously more relationships with people. And I think they've learned, you know, oh, Ashley's, she likes this or this, you know, she seems really fun to work with. But typically, I don't know, I'm hoping that I can learn other grade levels too. I don't want to be stagnant in third grade forever. Um, if I happen to be, that's great. I know the curriculum at this point and I can just pull out my visuals from last year, which is kind of <laughs> nice, but I'm still learning. They did change our curriculum a little bit this year. So that's always keeps me on my toes. Were you surprised in this role? It's more obvious when you're in a self-contained classroom, but were you surprised at what the role of the SLP was with those students? Yes, I think I was surprised how many kids are on your caseload. And I thought making my schedule 
was tedious. And then when you have six grade levels to then plan and plan around their specials and their lunch, and you can't pull them from reading or you can't pull them from their SEL lesson. And then you have to factor in. I don't know how my SLP does it. I I literally go, and she's always so apologetic. I'm so sorry I have to change because when you will have annual IEPs, if services increase or decrease, that shifts time in your schedule. And then she has to make slight adjustments and she gets so worried. I'm like, please don't be offended. I don't care. Like if I want whatever's easiest for you, because you've got, let's say, 55 kids on your caseload. First of all, I don't want to write your progress reports. <laughs> you know, it might say, oh, well, you only have one goal, but you have 55 kids. That's still a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. Were you, were you surprised what she was working on? Sometimes. Yes, she does do like, you know, articulation, but a lot of times she really pushes to make it academic based too. Mm-hmm. And I love that. So she'll say like she was work- one of the goals she's working on with my one of my students is talking about like calendar. I We have a calendar goal. And so she's working on like, what is today? What is tomorrow? What was yesterday? Look at a calendar. How many days of the week are there? How many months? And she somehow wrapped it into a speech goal. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but she's amazing. She, I was like, oh, that's great. And sometimes she has like three or four goals for kids. And she's very creative. She's always, I feel like, very innovative. And she's always up on the newest trends and things. I'm like, wow. I just don't know how she has time for it. Because she also has kids too. So I look at them like, <laughs> y'all are super people because you just don't have one grade level. So you're looking at so many different kids with different needs. And a lot of parents really think and push for speech in the school because they don't want to pay for it privately, which I understand it's expensive. So I can see why a lot of times you all get a lot of like gruffness from parents because they want this magical change, but they have to remember you only get 15 minutes a week or three times that. And then what if there's a fire drill or what if we have a snow day and like all these other factors go into it. I just feel like people don't put that into consideration for the SLP position, like the SLP part. And what people don't also realize on parents also, in order to get it from the schools, it has to be academically impacting and relevant. And it's so hard, so many fine lines. Like, yes, they might have social skills needs, but if they're getting A's on their tests, it's hard to justify. Like, it, there's so many other factors where so many times us as SLPs feel like the Grinch and the bad cop. And we're like, no, we would love to take them all, but then we would have 100 kids on our caseload. <laughs> there's not enough hours in a day. <laughs> so, right. You would need more. You would need more than just one of you to a building. I know there's more than one, but like your caseload is 55, let's say. You can't. And just because maybe a child can't say a certain letter sound that doesn't impact their educational need, you know, they can still get their point across and they're still mm-hmm. academically making progress. I think parents go, well, my kid needs speech. I wish yeah. it were that easy sometimes. You wish everything was that easy, but you're like, well, it's a very tedious process to get your child to qualify. It's not just letter sounds. And if I gave it to everyone and we required another hire, that would be when my special ed director would start looking at my data and my numbers and they'd say, Kelly, what were you doing? <laughs> you would also, I didn't realize for certain things, and this might just be my state, but I didn't realize so we have a new IEP system this year. And I didn't realize that for our IEPs for the state of Virginia, and then your SLP like laws, like they're different. They don't mesh. Like 
I follow whatever the state of Virginia says, but you guys have even like bigger things you have to follow Mm -hmm. that my SLP cannot work on the goals or use the service time that has been talked about at the annual IEP until the parents sign it, like until it is signed, sealed and delivered. And since we're doing most of our meetings virtually right now, we'll send the document, but sometimes it goes to spam. Sometimes and my SLP is like, I need you to sign this document because I can't increase your kid's time to 45 minutes a week or 30 minutes a week or work on that goal until it's signed, which means it switches over in the system because she has to give data to someone that's not in our school district. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just realized that outside you all had that component too. And it makes more sense now while sometimes the SLPs will hound not how they'll talk to the case manager like, hey, I really need this side. I really need it. It makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. I don't think managers realize that you guys have additional people to talk Before to. to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if increasing that time means that I'm now full and I don't have enough space in my caseload to do it. I need to get out and go to my director and say, I need you to find that. If we don't have that IEP, they're not bringing someone in. They can't pay for it yet. So Yes, that it doesn't it doesn't show in the records that oh you actually are out of minutes to service kids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just crazy to me that people it's just something that I don't think case like I didn't realize that literally until I was talking to my case manager. She's like, Hey, I called this parent. I don't want you to think I overstepped. She's like, I had five extra minutes. She's so sweet. I'm like, it it doesn't it doesn't offend me. Thank you for just doing it. I appreciate it instead of emailing me to do it. Like I love that she just takes initiative at times. And she's like, hey, I called this parent. They signed it for us because the student needed was getting 15 extra minutes a week. And she's like, I, I physically and she's just someone that will not do it until it's like legally done, which I appreciate. She's like, I don't want to dig myself in a hole. No. Um, so funny. I love it. I love it. it very interesting. I didn't realize. I love it. Seeing other professionals having aha moments about SLPs. I love it. Can you share, because I know you're busy with like pushing in and doing this and she has a caseload that's super, you know, intense. When do you have time to collaborate? Well, we actually live in the same neighborhood. So sometimes we will exercise with one another, take walks. And I'm like, hey, we're going to spend 20 minutes talking about students and then we're going to spend 20 minutes talking about life. (laughs) A few times now that doesn't work for everybody. But a lot of times we will have like a Google Doc, like a collaborative Google Doc running. We had four IEPs both of us were on in December and we literally made a Google Doc for each kid and she would put stuff in it and I would put stuff on it because it's in live time. I'd be like, love that. Let's change that. I don't think that's an area of deficit that's like great enough for an IEP, but you know, little things like that for goals. And that's a real time so we can comment when we each have five, three minutes, like maybe Johnny didn't show up to school that day and his 15 minutes instead of her servicing him, she could write. So we do that. Sometimes I will literally, if she comes to pick up a kid from class, I'll walk with her to the room and, and walk back just for like a quick stretch of my legs. But we, tr- I try to work as much time in as I can because I know you all are busy, especially when you have to go to IEP meetings and then you have to somehow miraculously use that hour that you just sat in an IEP meeting for and then you have to figure out all the time that you missed and fill those kids in, I'll commend you all because that's a lot. Like I get stressed out. I'm like, I'm only missing reading with my four kids and I have all this prep to do. And I think you all, because those kids look forward to that. Like I have my student, she's like, I am 10, 15 on Mondays and I'm waiting for Mrs. Smith to be here at 10, 15. And when 10, 15 comes and Mrs. Smith isn't there, she's like, where is Mrs. Smith? So Mrs. Smith is great and gives me a heads up a lot of times and says, hey, I can't pick up Sally today. Uh, (laughs) Prep her for that. (laughs) Warning. 
Love it. And you know those kids that definitely look forward to your sessions and crave that time with you. So she's great about it. But that's just one extra thing on y'all's plate. I just don't think people take into account. Everyone listening, are you hearing this? This is like loving for the SLP. Okay, don't you wish every special educator that you work with thought so highly and realized the amazingness that we are doing each and every day? You can tell them to listen to this episode if they need to hear it. (laughs) What other advice would you give to someone who's struggling to work collaboratively or they're butting heads and not seeing eye to eye with someone? What advice would you give to someone just to help them get through it or get past it? Remain focused on the goal. The goal for both of you is to increase a deficit of a child and make it a strength. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we're doing our jobs. We want to educate kids. We want to make them succeed. We want to make them better. So put that as your top priority. No one has to be best friends. You don't have to love your SLP and go have coffee or take walks with them like I do, but you need to learn how to collaborate. There's always going to be people in life that you don't love and you don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Maybe that might be personally or, you know, outside things of their life, but you all are in that building for the same reason. And that's to help kids and educate kids. So put that forward. So if, if talking in person is too much, like you just don't then use the Google Doc situation. Be like, hey, I made a Google Doc. This is how we're going to share ideas. It works best for me. You know, or come up with a better system. A journal, a notebook, whatever is... A, a sticky note in the in the mailbox. <laughs> whatever system works better. You might be like a really big introvert and that's fine. So maybe like talking with people about the students is, is a little overwhelming for you. Then figure out a solution for that. Like I said, the Google Doc has been a game changer for me, just because you can edit it in real time and I can see if they make a change, they can see if I make a change. And it's no longer like back in my self-contained days where my co-teacher and I had a jump drive where we would pass it back and forth. With oh. <laughs> oh, no. I'm having flashbacks. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. I have a system with one of the teachers that I work with. She's the inclusion teacher. And if she ever had students in her class where like they might have gotten speech and are not getting speech in which one. And we have such a good normally I'd be like, OK, there's a whole process. for this. We do have a, such a good rapport where uh, our secret sign is she sends them to me asking for the purple pen or the purple marker. So if someone comes to my room looking for a purple marker, I know that it was coming from that teacher. And what I'm supposed to do? Like, OK, let me just talk to this kid. I'm like, and typically the kid is working on the R sound. So purple marker. I'm going to hear it right away. And I'm like, all right. And then I just sent her a text. Like, all right, I heard it. This is what you're going to tell the kid to do. Like, let's put his tongue that way and this way. And it, that's just the symbol that we came up with. And it's coming up with different cues that, like, we don't have time to chat sometimes. So just send the kid coming for a purple marker and done. And I've had teachers do things like that with me. Where like, one of our students, if they need, like, a brain break or, like, come pass a note to me and the note will be empty. Like, sure, they can come walk to me. So just different things like that, thinking outside the box that you can work with others and help each other out, get the job done. So thank you, Ashley, so much for coming on the show. Tell everyone where they can find you and learn more about you and what you have to offer. Well, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Spectacular Days. I also have a blog, SpectacularDays.com. I look forward to chatting with some of you if you reach out. And I really appreciate you having me. I had so much fun. Thank you so, so much. I always end my episodes with a joke because jokes are language-based and they are fun. So why did the computer squeak? It had a mouse.
because someone stepped on the mouse. You got it. Ba-dum, ching. Multiple meaning words. You got to think a little bit. And it's fun. It's a great way to build rapport with our students. So thank you so much, Ashley. Everyone, go check her out on Instagram. Check her out on her website. She has so many fun tips, tricks, and ideas for working with your special education students. So until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.